Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend, Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? So good. No, you're not. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm fine. It's I'm fine. Uh, my, my whole family has had COVID. I had COVID a few months ago, uh, and I've now at this point had every... I think variant of booster that you can have. So were you one of those people that was like cheating to the front of the line to get the different brands of, no, I haven't done anything untoward or, or sneaky. It's just, I've, you know, it's been, you know, at this point, two years of vaccine and booster life. So, uh, just in terms of what I've received, I just got the bivalent, I think is what they're calling it. Booster. I don't know what that means, but it means a thing. It means science. Science. Uh, so, yeah, the, the family's had COVID. That's been brutal. My wife having COVID has been the most impactful. You know, the kids get sick because they're kids and they're sick. and um, But they they also come back really quick. So, but, so my son had it. He was sick for like 36, 48 hours, something like that. And then he was basically fine. Kim got sick and it took her out. She's been... At this point, today was the first day that she got out of bed, and it, it was three days. So it, it's been fine. Um, I haven't been really working like I normally would be because I've been at the house, you know, trying to be there for her and be there for the kids and make sure, you know, homework is in the backpacks. And, uh, you know, the, these things that Kim and I normally do together, I'm doing alone. So it's just been a lot. You're going to make it. I'm going to make it. Here, I, yeah. I have made it, I think. Yeah. Kim well, was out of bed today, and she was moving around, and it seems like she's on the mend. So we've had to cancel a trip to California to see the family. Probably. We haven't formally canceled it, but the last the last kid tested positive today. So it's... I, <laughs> I love when they get sick in sequence. Why can't they just get sick at the same yeah, time? Everybody gets sick. Betty, no. French kiss your brother. No, just all at once. Just everyone gets some. <laughs> Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. It's exhausting to have sick kids. Yeah. Yeah, well, and the whole family was sick, you know, which which is fine. I don't I don't mind um I don't mind sort of taking care of everybody. It kind of makes you feel productive and good. Uh but it's it's just yeah, it's just a lot. I'm sleeping in my kids' bed, which is it's fine. It's a, it's comfortable enough, but I just, you know, it's not, not sleeping in my bed. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I've kept the, you know, the house is super clean. It's not on fire yet. House is not on fire. Uh, I checked. We're good. Yeah, we're good. I checked. <laughs> um, I, I do have good news. Do me. So in, I think, late July, I made a big boo-boo. And I put a selective herbicide on my lawn to try to take care of some um, I had a little bit of crabgrass and I had some, I think, poa or something like some sort of bent grass. And so I sprayed, I would say just a conservative um, gallon per square inch. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it, it was I, I sprayed and I basically torched my lawn in July, which is really devastating. Um I mean, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. But at the, for me, I'd really been sort of 
making my lawn very nice. And so spraying in July, just a bad idea. And everything I'd read before said, man, you probably don't want to do this. And I was like, well, I, I can do it. I'm different. Yeah. I'm and the exception. So I torched my lawn and um, basically spent all summer with a scrubby lawn. Cause you know, by that, and, and then at that point I couldn't get it to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I think I'm back. I've been, I overseeded twice in September and have been watering. And today for the first time, I felt like it's back. I'm back, baby. Lawn is thick, even green everywhere. I'm back, baby. So that was good news. I was looking forward to winter coming, like having that last mow of the year. And then like a dummy, I was like, I should overseed and feed. Now I have to mow my lawn again. Yeah, yeah. Back to the every week schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. Well, that's good. Your lawn looks great. It looks better than it has. So. Yeah. No, it's looking full. And uh, I've seeded three times this year. Yeah. I think that's so. I think that's how you recover a lawn like that. Yeah. You were talking about pulling it all out. And I was like, don't do that. Just seed it and fertilize. No, I kind of want to pull it all out because I and just do like a, a natural landscape oh. design thing. Wow, that's you were talking about pulling it and putting it in your grass. Uh Andrew, we're no, talking I mean about yeah. watches. Oh, we're gonna get there, yeah. We're talking about watches today. No one wants to hear about our lawns. Yeah, they do. Or maybe they do. Yeah, they do. I don't know. Do you guys want to hear about our lawns? That's why we have them so that we can discuss them. <laughs> we're talking about watches. I realize I didn't ask you how you are. I'm okay. Because it came on the heels of us, you know, doing our weekly unpack, you know, 25 minutes of unpacking. So I, I know how you are, but Andrew, how are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm hanging in there. Stayed busy this weekend. Got a lot done. Not as much as I would have liked, but you know, joys of homeownership. Yeah. Yeah. You've got, uh, you've got a monster face on your garage. I do. My, my, I got one of those Halloween decoration monster garages. So I have teeth on the top Mm. and eyeballs. And then teeth on the bottom, so that when you open your garage, it's like the monster's mouth is closing. And my kids love it. <laughs> yeah. I've glow in the dark cats, styrofoam headstones, big ass cotton spider web that goes from the eaves into the lawn. It's a Halloween decorated up house. Went to the pumpkin patch on Sunday. Yeah. It was not fun because it was still hot. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. I mean, we're in October and it's supposed to be 85 yeah. tomorrow, I think, which is not Oregon October. Yeah, it's a Indian summer. I'm probably not supposed to say that, am I? No, it's Southeast Asian India. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, here we go. So let's talk about watches. Let's do it. So we are going to round some stuff up. This is, uh, we don't normally do roundups two weeks in a row. We don't normally do it. But we decided this week in light of the Meadows house uh, being in disarray and just in light of all the cool things that happened to do a double. I hope you don't mind. The Scottish watches does two roundups or four roundups a week. That's all they do. And they have 5,000 episodes. (laughs) So hopefully you don't mind two in a row from us. Andrew, you sent me some good links. Uh, Are are you, are you okay with going first? I, I am ready ready to go first. And the first thing I want to talk about is some new Luminox watches. I almost feel like you were going to make something up. 
I thought about it. <laughs> so Luminox, I don't know exactly when these released, but they're relatively recent. Yeah, I think this is in the last week um, or two. Yeah, in the last in the last couple of weeks. They've got two kind of uh what the not legacy. What am I looking for? There's a word that I'm looking for. Uh man. They're honoring two iconic. I wish we were twin brothers, and then I would just say it for you. Could you could just finish my sentences. Two iconic airframes in the Constellation and the P-38. So they've got two cool releases that are honoring these iconic aircraft. First up, in the Constellation, which is you know a, a famous passenger jet that that Lockheed produced and is you know was kind of the the beginning of true accessible commercial air travel the constellation automatic it's a 9600 series tribute that's the word i was looking for <laughs> so it's is a, this a, that's a howard hughes uh plane right the yeah, constellation yeah he bought 40 of them i was like hey i want to buy some airplanes and then bought 40 as you do. Yeah, because why wouldn't you? Um, it is this really great, perfectly boring, but nicely flourished, big old kind of dive pilot watch. That's that's what it what it's reminiscent of for me. And I'm I feel like that's that's like always Luminox. Like this is a dive pilot thing. Yeah, but I think when we'll, we'll when we get to the P38, we'll get onto it. But so specs for you. Oh, where are they? I scrolled away. 42 millimeter case, which is kind of small, I think, for what I would expect out of Luminox for a aircraft tribute pilot's watch sure i would think like 44 to 45 would be kind of their zone so doing it in 42 i think is very cool sapphire crystal obviously a cool 3d case back with the constellation uh engraved engraved yeah but it's it's reverse engraved yeah it's it's like embossed (laughs) yeah i think that's fair yeah the only thing I'm not a huge fan of, but I think that they had to do it, is the globe on the dial fitting within the uh, in the minute ring. Yeah, that does sort of the that sort of does the that sort of '60s pilot yeah pilot watch thing or '60s air travel thing. Mm-hmm. So it's. It's cool, right? This yeah. isn't the one that got me the most excited. So these are coming in at uh, 1200 bucks on a bracelet and 1100 Ooh. on a strap. Which 200-1, I mean, this is, you're in there. Uh, yeah. You're in there. I, I, I like the bracelet version if I'm going to pay that kind of money. But. It's, a, it's a good looking case, though. I mean, the whole, I, it's a great package. Yeah, the colorways look, are right. It doesn't look to me like a Luminox. It doesn't. It, it absolutely doesn't. It looks kind of like a, Kind of citizen-y. Yeah, something better than Luminox. Yeah. But here's the one that got me excited. The P-38 Lightning, the 9520 series. So this is paying tribute to the the P-38 fighter plane. A GMT. Yes. So we have a GMT, which sort of excuses what I thought was going to be 
a 38 to 40 millimeter watch Hmm. and a 42. But this is a dope field watch. This is like very Hamilton, very clean, like um, Serica is doing watches very similar to this. Like this is, it has that same, yeah, the Serica feel. Yeah, I guess with that bezel. Just clean, plain bezel, mesh bracelet on it. And here's kind of what got me actually excited. Um, 650 bucks on the mesh, 600 on leather. Coming in black and white colorways. Uh, I'm kind of digging this. It's a little bigger than I'd want, but it's eight. It's cool. I do wish it had a mechanical movement. So this mm-hmm. is Swiss Quartz in the P38, uh, which is fine. Quartz is obviously a, a totally reasonable timekeeping method. Um, I, I like quartz in a GMT. But it does feel like this could be a little bit more special with a mechanical movement. I love the bezel on this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not like a turning bezel. It's just a... I don't know, scalloping around it's coin edge. Like yeah, it's yeah. coin edge, but it's, it's actually in the in yeah. the top of the case or in the top of the bezel. Uh, I think it's an attractive watch. I, I do. I, I think that the Luminox is using colors liberally, which is fine, but I do wish that one of these was a little less colorful. <laughs> I mean, how do you get less colorful? It's it's black with a with a lot of red accents. It's got the Luminox red accent in the in the logo. It's got a red tipped second hand, and that's what that's precisely what I'm saying. I wish that they had a version of either of these watches that didn't have that pop of color. It's a pilot's watch. It's made for legibility. Yeah, red tipped second hands are are everybody knows that those belong on pilots' watches. They do. This is I'm. I hope this is a turning of a page for Luminox. It does feel like it's outside of Luminox's standard fare. Although, in fairness, Luminox has a, a huge catalog and they do lots of different stuff. But this is less tool watchy and more kind of, I mean, it's still tool watches, but it's not like a tech tool watch. They yeah. have gadgets. Yeah, that's right. It's not a gadgety watch. It feels more like a, a traditional wearable watch. Yeah. That you don't need to be like have a need for ABC or you know nine subdials. That's right. You don't need to also have pouches on your belt in order to wear this watch, but it helps. <laughs> um, I've got a watch. I want you to do it. I've got a watch that I'd like to talk about. Um, and it's a watch that we've talked about. I've talked about before. I don't know that you've ever talked about this watch, but this is a watch by. The Bell and Ross mm. company. I don't know if they, nobody calls them that. Just Bell and Ross. Um, Bell and Ross company. <laughs> it's a BRO five, and it is it is just a BRO five. This is not anything special. They've done the thing that a luxury brand or a, or perhaps a high grade brand can do, which is to release a, a dial iteration as if it were something to get you excited. Me, being the sucker I am, am excited about it. So Bell & Ross released the BR05 GMT with a white dial. And it's a crispy mm-hmm. white dial GMT. A lot uh, of red, though. 
I, th- yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you, that is my that is the one thing about this watch. I wish that there was a version without red. That's the one thing about this watch that I thought, you know, it, they're, they're obviously evoking a certain image that is popular in the GMT space. Um, what do you but want I think the forehand to look great. like? Uh, I, I think it's great. I, I, I'm totally down with this watch. And, and, and in fact, in fact, I saw this and thought, you know, Jeez, man, am I saving my money for the right thing? So these are fifty five hundred, I think, on a bracelet. Fifty five on a bracelet. Yep. They they have an option without a bracelet, and I'm just if if you're gonna buy this watch, and you the, don't get a bracelet. Yeah. We are not friends anymore. Um. These are really cool. So eleven point one millimeters thick on the BR05 GMTs. I believe that the BR05 the three handers are eleven millimeters thick which I think is too thick for this watch. I think that they should have this, the three-hander down around 11. But for the GMT at 11.1, I think that's a fantastic, super wearable watch. Um, dang, man, I'm into this. So previously, they only had a black dial yeah. GMT. Uh, what colorway would you suggest for that fourth hand, if not red? Yeah, I, I don't know. Do you think I mean, red white? is the classic. Red is the classic. But you, you know, with like with the Zin, the Zin five five six, there's the version with the white second hand and the version with the red second hand. And mm-hmm. and I think you pick your poison. For me, I would I would just don't like the red second hand version. It's it seems uh, I don't know, gauche to me or something. Right? Did you do just like a black outline on this? Because there needs to be some. Clear yeah. marker that you're looking like the arrow is maybe sufficient. Yeah, I think with a GMT, you, you you do need you do need color. I think red is fine. I mean, perhaps even obvious. Um, it, it might be cool to do a loom plot, like a white loom plot outline around the around it instead of a color. I don't. I mean, it does have loom on. No, there. I mean, as in lieu of the red. Yeah. Do loom in that space? Just loom on loom on loom. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. Um, it, it, it's fine. It is what it is. But it's the one thing that I see this watch and I'm like, meh, okay, I wish there was, I wish it wasn't red. Um, but yeah, these are cool. Uh, I think, so this is on the Watch Time website. Mm-hmm. So I assume they're going to have these at Watch Time in New York. So hoping to take a look I'm, at one. Yeah, I'm. Bell and Ross has been doing some growing on me as of late. Yeah, me too. Which is a little, a little bit of a bummer because they spandy. I like this. Um, are you ready for a real shocker? <laughs> that, that do you also have a Bell and Ross? You want to talk? We're going to talk about Bell and Ross twice <laughs> in one night, and this one can be short. This is a. I'm sorry, everybody. That was loud. (laughs) This is a collab Bell and Ross 0392. I'm not really that jacked about it being a collab because that doesn't, I don't care. But the whole idea is that this is the Batman watch that the caped crusader himself would wear, as they said on. Hodinky, but this is gorgeous. So the O3 being the sort of iconic yeah. Bell and Ross square cased watch. 
pure square skeleton dial with a which I don't th- I don't know if I've ever seen a Bell and Ross with a skeleton dial. They they don't. They do the skeletonized kind of see-through interesting case back, but this is unique because it's a collaboration. And it <laughs> I don't know why, but I saw it and I was like, "Oh, wow. I think I unfortunately like this." <laughs> uh so it comes here here's a little bit of a problem. No bracelet. There is either a padded calfskin leather or a black Velcro tactical strap. And I, I hate that they decided to call it a tactical strap. <laughs> it's tactical. It's just nylon with Velcro on it. Yeah, yeah. And it's not even, I mean, maybe they they used branded Velcro, but really it's just hook and loop fasteners. Yeah. They might be getting a cease and desist here in the near future. Here's what's really exciting. So this is an actual collab released in conjunction Mm -hmm. with DC Comics and Mm -hmm. Uncrate. Uncrate. Which I feel like Uncrate was all the rage in 2009 and then I haven't heard of them since. I still scroll it for like just weird luxury shit. Yeah. 9.65 millimeters thick. Oh. Oh, yeah. So they're there. Copper flange on the dial. Oh, yeah. It's not. That's it's a it's a copper dial. Um. Except that, but it's not a dial. For it's the most a, part, the dial doesn't exist. Yeah, hundred meters of water resistance. It, it's just it does it for me. It's like one of the weird things that I've like come across, like very butterfly chaser. Oh, I like that. I want it. SW three hundred, forty eight hundred bucks. Yeah, but there's only a hundred of them. Yeah, which means they'll they'll probably be like. 65 are, are they sold out uh pre-orders immediately so let's see i'm gonna go to uncrate right now available for pre-order reservation orders will ship it looks like you can add it to the cart right now i'm doing it yeah yeah check you, out i could theoretically check out right now but i'm not sure if my credit card's already linked to uncrate. No, i i like this man uh th- this is uh it's interesting. It's fun in a way that is. Yeah. I mean, it, look, it's a Salida movement. It's kind of a go fuck yourself without being an orange doxa, you know, sure. which is like a statement piece. This is almost not a statement piece, though it very much is because the DC Uncrate Bell and Ross collaboration, like it doesn't get more statementy than that. Right. You know what I will say about this is that they've avoided the impulse to make it overtly, you, you know, mm-hmm. so with some of these Omega bond, you, you know, you get like the rifling on the, uh, yeah. you know, dial or whatever, or, you know, 007 mm-hmm. somewhere written somewhere. They've avoided that here. Um, except for a, a message on the case back that, you know, I think a logo, an uncrate logo and a DC logo they it's a wayne enterprises logo yeah yeah uh, oh yeah look at that wayne yeah. enterprises uncrate so they, they've avoided any sort of indication on the dial or the things you would see when you're wearing it that you're wearing a, a batman watch the, the common pitfalls of collaborations and of kind of novelty watches yeah yeah uh it, it's good yeah i dig it yeah i dig it i was surprised I was like, oh, I li- hmm, huh, huh. 
Well, Andrew, is it going to shock you that we're just going to segue to segue and I'm going to talk about a limited edition superhero collaboration watch? We should. I'm going to talk about it's not a Bell and Ross. So we're going to move off of Bell and Ross, but we're going to, you know, that game where you have to like, like use a letter from the previous word. Anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, so (laughs) so Seiko this week announced a Seiko 5, Seiko 5 Sports 55th Anniversary Ultra 7 Limited Edition SRP J79. So this is a this is a Seiko 5 Sports Dive Watch is what it is. Uh, the, the SKX case. Uh, but it's an Ultraman. It's an Ultraman homage. And this thing... Unlike unlike the Bell and Ross Batman watch, this thing is very on the nose. Mm-hmm. But I think it works in this case in a way that it wouldn't have worked with a Batman watch. Batman is so important, such a big part of culture that any Batman references would be saccharine and mm-hmm. um, take away from the watch. In this case, Seiko is really leaned in and made this thing very overt. So at the six o'clock, there is a TDF-UG mark, which stands for Terrestrial Defense Force Ultra Guard. If you don't know what Ultraman is, Ultraman is one of the most famous television shows internationally of all time or television shows, uh, franchises, Ultraman sort of, you know, 55 years old at this point and kicked off basically modern sort of kaiju uh, entertainment. So in in many ways, just as important as Godzilla, certainly the Ultraman um, style of production inspired, amongst other things, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Mm -hmm. a whole genre. Ultraman is in some ways part and parcel to Japanese entertainment and, and it's crossed over internationally in, you know, cult following in the United States. So if you're not, if you're not into it, that's fine. But this watch is pretty dope. Um, red crystal on the back, um, which shows through and it's got like a silhouette or a negative silhouette of ultra seven, um, it's got a custom signed terrestrial defense force, NATO or pass through strap, great, great black PVD bezel on this thing. Yeah. That's what got me really excited was that bezel. And, and, and the PVD extends to the outer portions of the bezel, including the coinage, uh, which gives it sort of a classic skin diver look, a vintage skin diver look um silver dial it's it's a handsome watch and it's got all these little nods um i think this is a really cool watch and and it is limited 3400 units yeah but they're making a they're making quite a few of them uh if you had to if you if you gave me the choice of a free fucking red brian may watch or a ultra seven ultraman watch I'm going 
I'm going Ultraman every time. <laughs> I mean, Brian May, obviously guitar god, love that guy. Uh, but geez, Louise, this is way cooler. If you ask me, it's nerdy, <clears throat> it's techy, it's Japanese. I fucking dig this watch. And, and they were able to do a lot of really inside baseball nods without being ridiculous. That's right. They could have made this ridiculous and it yeah. would have sold every single unit would have sold immediately. But this is not a, this isn't Snoopy on the dial. That's yeah, that's right. And they did, they did a killer job with it. And maybe this is hopefully that this is the trend that we're seeing. You know, we see Seiko doing it, Bell and Ross doing it understated, thoughtful, pieces like that instead of just throwing Snoopy on the dial, which is not to say it's not okay to have Snoopy on the dial, but get Snoopy off the fucking dial. Right. (laughs) For this one, the, the, the box is killer. There's nothing, like you said, there's nothing over. In fact, in fact, if you didn't know Ultraman, you you would not know what this watch is. There's nothing top up on this watch Mm -mm. that gives any indication that it's connected. I mean, that you, you know text on the pass through and the tdf but watches have all sorts of weird codes man nobody's yeah. even going to see that no, right no TDF one SUG, sees what does that mean swiss made on the bottom of your watch no one sees that <laughs> but it's right. there that's right so i i really like this i think it's i mean it's just a seiko 5 sports it's not um the watch itself the timekeeping capabilities is a four-hour movement. There's nothing special about the watch. This is a purely a, this is a skin, as it were, but it's a pretty fucking cool skin. I like this a hundred times better than a single one of those Street Fighter versions. Yes. The, I mean, the, those were fine. They were all pretty ugly. This A is not ugly, and B is cool in a way that those weren't. I hope they help keep the pricing right. And then I, yeah, no, no pricing available. And, and with 3,400 watches, I mean, it'll be under 500 bucks. They need to charge a thousand. So that, then there's no fucking gray market for it. That people who want one can get one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if they charge a thousand, they'll still sell out and then there'll be 2000 to flip. Maybe. I think there'll be less people <laughs> flipping them if they like, that's some skin. Yeah. You know, you know like really really get into that either way i I suspect this is going to be a collector's item so it it may be a little tricky to get these because there are a lot of people that are into ultraman yeah next up a new release from citizen a titanium. Never heard of them. No, it's. I mean, so it's a. It's a relatively small company. Um, you know, they do some decent things now and again. They have recently released a titanium <laughs> dive watch, and it is unlike any other citizen I've seen. It's got a Mercedes hour hand. It's titanium. It feels every bit of the 70s. Here's the kicker. It's a weird size. 41 millimeter case. 200 of water resistance. And it's... That's it. 
it's just boring as fuck. And because of that, I love this. I love the idea of a titanium dive watch. That why do you think that's a weird? Why do you think that's a weird size? Forty-one millimeters. That's because everyone works in north of forty. It's always forty. 42, 44, 45. I think 41's a great. I mean, look, th- there's no getting around the fact that this is subby. It's very subby. It's very subby. But uh, but look, it's got 20 millimeter lugs. Uh it's got great case lines. It looks like it just sucks down onto your wrist. I I'm excited about this. So it's obviously using an eco drive. No, it's not. Nope, it's not an automatic. Equipment. It's a ninety fifty one. Is it? Which is uh like a ninety fifteen. Yeah, similar to a ninety fifteen, uh, but it's not a ninety fifteen. It's a four hertz. Oh, yeah. I thought it was an eco drive. I'm a little bit less excited about it now. Oh well, I, I'm more excited about it than I would be with an eco drive. Who needs another citizen eco drive? This is. This adds to the collection for automatic divers that Citizen has, I think, neglected for a f- several decades at this point. Yeah, because they have EcoDrive. <laughs> That's right. We don't need it. So it's 12-2 thick, and which makes it, it's just going to be this compact. Yeah, it's a great size. Super lightweight, boring dive watch. I don't. Really like the font on the bezel. Did we say this thing said titanium? I mean, did yeah. we did we I, mention that specifically? 70, like, oh my gosh. 70 grams. No, it doesn't come on a bracelet at this point, right? Nope, just a rubber strap. But I think that's okay. Just, I mean, it's it's a Tropic-esque rubber, rubber strap, rubber strap. Yeah, it's, it's almost yeah. like a, it's almost like a, like a oh, waffle. Wait. There is a full titanium bracelet available, Ooh. but it brings you to a thousand. These are seven ninety five on a on on a Tropic, thousand on the bracelet. I and haven't I, seen any pictures of the bracelet. No, um, which makes me kind of concerned. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I, I think this is dope. It works for me. Yeah, I I very much like titanium. Even at a thousand bucks, man, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. That it's in that prospect diver category, and it's introducing a new player into a field that has kind of gotten stale. Yeah, I really like that crown. I mean, it, it, so just scrolling through this Hodinky article, thanks Hodinky. <laughs> uh, they're comparing this to the SPB one forty three, a more expensive watch. Mm-hmm. Um. But but the SPB 143 is, I think, like almost 14 thick. Oh, 13.7, they say it right here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, look. And, and and let me let me tell you something. And going to be and going to weigh twice as much. The, the bracelet alone weighs more than the watch on a rubber strap. Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, this. I I think this is a super cool watch. I, I really love. Seiko's automatic dive heritage and you, you know for, for a while you had the NY0040 mm-hmm. and that was kind of it and then they released the Fugu so it was still it um, or, or it felt like that anyway and it seems like that they've really um, they've really stepped it up and they've 
sort of re-entered that enthusiast market in a meaningful way. I, I feel like we say this every couple of episodes at this point, but but that's, I, I think that's the point, right? Mm-hmm. Citizens back. Yeah, with baby. a 60 click bezel. You, you know, I think I said on Watch You Seek or perhaps Reddit, this has been four or five years ago at this point. I said, well, you know, citizens making automatic movements for the world, but citizen itself seems to have by and large abandoned mm-hmm. the automatic or mechanical watch trade. You know, they've got Miyota movements and then citizen eco drive watches. And, and it seems like they've neglected that. And somebody, you know, of course, cause it's the internet, somebody jumped my shit and said, you don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, okay, I don't, you're right. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, all right. Fair. Uh, but it was, it was a meaningful comment and, and I think it was a meaningful sentiment. And I think we're getting to a place where you, you almost can't say that anymore. Seiko's Seiko citizen is banging them out and I'm yeah. here, I'm here, I'm here for it. That's what I want to say. Citizen and Timex are making some moves. Yeah, in different ways. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for Bulova because their catalog is deep. Yeah, and they just need to make some appropriate moves. Come on, Bulova, your move, Bulova. Yeah, get get with the times. <laughs> well done. Uh, I I, I really like I, that pick, Andrew. I, I like that watch. Um, I've got I've got a couple more things here. Are you out of things? I'm oh, I'm oh, out man. of things. I'm gonna man. have to catch up here. So I, I've got for sure two things that I want to talk about. So one of these is uh, a Certina. Okay. I, I want to talk about this Certina watch. I think this is maybe the first time we've talked about Certina. Ever on the show? Perhaps. Is it the very first time we've said the word Certina? I'm not Certina about it, but <laughs> I feel good about that. Well done. Okay. Well, so Certina has released a watch they're calling the DS Plus. Mm. And... Essentially, what this is, is a fully customizable, uh, sort of like uh, the Fortis Flipper, uh, a few other watches I can think of. Essentially, what they have is a movement inside a movement holder or what they call the case head that fits inside a watch case, gets attached, gets attached by way of... A, a crown or what appears to be a crown and allows you to, they say infinite variations. That's, that's it's actually impossible. mathematically not true. Yeah. Um, but they sell several kits of these. Um, you can go with sort of a dive style. You can go with like a tonneau case. They make a rectangle case. I believe each kit comes with two straps and and two watch heads. They've got the kit Aqua and Sport, which is like a dive watch and a sport watch. They've got Sport and Urban, um, which is odd, odd language, but That's, yeah, Urban and Heritage. Heritage being sort of this square case. Um, you know, these are affordable ish. Um, let me see how 960 much francs. Yeah. Uh, so I think 1200 bucks. Yeah. Uh, that sounds right to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you're getting quite a bit of watch here and it, it's just a really neat concept. Now, in order for this to be a really neat concept, uh, Certina is going to have to 
to support this over time. These do come with the Powermatic 80 movement. Um, and I think um, at some places, Certina refers to that as sort of their manufacturer, um, their manufacturer caliber. But they're they're you know they're open about the fact this is a Powermatic 80 movement with a Nivicron balance spring. Uh, and these are just neat. I mean, Certina is a great brand. These are you know they appear to be high quality. I, I do think that the quality of this system, how long it will remain workable based on that tightening system, uh, if there's going to be problems with that. If, if you look at the side of that movement holder, though, it seems mm. to be a channel. Yeah. So it it doesn't seem like something that would fatigue or loosen. Sure. It, it just That seems, crown just a, sits down into that channel. A pretty simple mechanical connection, yeah. The one thing that concerns me about this is that nowhere on their website does it discuss size. Yeah, <laughs> I think the answer is big, Andrew. Because this is this is G-Shock technology. Yeah, right. It's got a, it's it's effectively replaced the removable resin bezel and replaced it with a full steel. It, it, that's right. It, I mean, it's going to be big. This is yeah. going to be 42, 43 millimeters. If, if I think that's optimistic, because I I think inch. that I think it's the probably the the movement. And dial is probably a 42 millimeter or a 40 millimeter case. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. Well, let's see. If you go to the read more, um, I think that there are dimensions here. Uh, I'm not seeing any. Yeah, maybe not. Well, in any event, Certina DS, DS Plus, one watch, endless possibilities. I think it's actually like three. Like nine or twelve possibilities, but <laughs> uh, in any event, it, it's pretty neat. Uh, something new. Uh, like I said, the the technology reminds me of that Fortis Flipper, mm-hmm. um, although it's a little bit different than that. But cool. Oh, you can create your own though. I did see that. Yeah. Well, Andrew, you mm-hmm. brought up G Shock, and I'd like to say. Sp- Speaking of G-Shock... We are just Segway kings tonight. We're just doing it. We're doing it. Uh, speaking of G-Shock, G-Shock just... Uh, Casio just announced a factory restoration program, essentially for a very limited time. So starting on October 1st, which is three days ago, and running through November 30th. So for the next two months, give or take... Um, Casio will allow you to send in a DW5000, a 5200C, a 5600C, a 5800, a a WW5100C, and a 5300C. So your uh, GWM5610 is not in the program. Essentially, these are older G-Shocks, which have now started to deteriorate so this is a limited time exterior refurbishment they remove the inner case and they from the from the resin outer case they replace the battery new case gasket and then all new resin outer case uh complete with new case screws and 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 you know resin strap and everything and then i think that there's a commemorative packaging Mm -hmm. And a letter um, from Mr. eBay. 
and a letter from from the the Godfather himself. It, this is a fun program, you know. These the the one thing about these old resin watches is resin breaks down over time. Um, even if you haven't, you know, used this thing like you stole it, resin just deteriorates over time. New new old stock, you know, MRGs like the like that. JDM MRG I have from the the 90s the the plastics on the back of these things uh will crumble at some point with just like gentle wear mm -hmm. and and so how do you how do you fix that obviously this isn't for every watch and this is only for a limited time but it does seem like they're sort of beta testing a thing right this almost doesn't make sense to do as a limited time. It does seem like they might be beta testing. This. It almost doesn't make sense to do. Because, I mean, these watches are no longer affordable, right? They're old. They're out of production. Yeah. When and, they, and, and $100 for this. It's not yeah. nothing, but that's not a tremendous amount of money. I'm marveling at the photograph they used, the before and after photograph. Um, the before photograph of this G-Shock... I'm pretty confident they put it through a wood chipper. Yeah, no, I think they took a, one of these brand new cases and they just scuffed it up, I think is but what they did. But those are like deep gouges. I'm not kind to my G-Shock. <laughs> I have I have no anything like that on any of my resin-cased watches that well, I've done terrible things to. Well, and, and this thing, it looks all wrong, too. It's it's still matte, but it has these deep gouges in it. Yeah. You know, these, this is not how these things wear. They get shiny, and they do get scratches, but they get <clears throat> shiny and dirty. This isn't shiny. <clears throat> and uh, scummy. Yeah, this is clearly like a new watch that's been mechanically damaged. But in, in any event, that's Maybe sort a of, garbage disposal. <laughs> maybe, yeah. That's not really uh that's not really the story here. No. But a hundred bucks to service your well loved Yeah, you've got a G shock an old ass five DW five thousand or whatever, yeah. and you you can pay a hundred bucks and get a totally new. Now the question I have is will they send your old plastic back? I expect not. Yeah, I expect not too, which is I think for some people going to be uh a no. This could be a uh a a research opportunity for them where they're going to be looking at serial numbers against cell date and the longevity of their materials. That's possible. Maybe why they're doing such a limited time. And with that, Andrew, we've done it. We've once again covered all the things that are important in the world. All of the important watch things that happened, we've discussed. And, and with that in mind, Andrew, are you prepared to talk about something that's not a watch thing? Yeah. Oh, well, good. Andrew, other things, what do you got? So I spend a lot of time in the wilderness. Can confirm. By myself. Also can confirm. Which presents some responsibility issues that I have, right? Like it, it doesn't affect me, right? If I, if I get hurt and I die, you know, whatever. But there are people who, you know, I'm responsible for. But it's also really limiting, right? I can't just lay down a picture of a map or, or, or text a, a screenshot of a map of the state of Oregon and say, I'll be somewhere here because that would be unreasonable. 
oftentimes I don't have cell phone service, so I can't say, hey, this is where my truck is parked. So should I not return in several days? Start the search here. Yeah. So something I've been looking at is is getting one of the satellite communicators. And a company called DeLorme existed for a while, who was then bought out by Garmin because they made really good satellite communicator products that were affordable. But then they got bought out by Garmin. They're not so affordable anymore. The most popular line is the InReach. And there's a few products in that line. They have like the MicroSpot, which is like a satellite. It's just a, it's a little brick like the size of a lighter, like a Zippo lighter. Yeah. With, I'm okay. Here's my location. And SOS, three buttons. It's minimalist. Just minimalist. They've got like one upgraded and it like, you can text through it and they've got one upgraded through that and it's like a full GPS unit, satellite phone. But they're like four to 600 bucks. So I was doing some research. Outside of like just impulse buy. Yeah, that's north of just an impulse buy. It's also, it, it's like, there's got to be something else out there. Because you also have to have a monthly subscription. Uh-huh. It doesn't work without your subscription. And you can go annual and basically you get like one month here free. Or you can go month to month. Or you can just buy a month at a time. And but Because you have to get on a satellite network, right? That's expensive because it's not a commonly used individual thing. Yeah. So I was doing some research and I found this company called Zolio. Z-O-L-E-O, who also makes satellite communicators. And I did, as I do, some research into it. And there was a lot of hype around this platform. Reason being is it uses Bluetooth and an app functionality to connect direct to your phone. So it limits the amount of software that they need to be bringing to the equation exactly and so, the, the ui and all of that so they stuff. have they have ui app development right everything works through the app but it is i don't know a little thicker and about the size of my phone so it's a it's a bigger package it also has the i'm okay and sos button comes with a little snap link to hook to your stuff so that you can have it available and, and accessible 200 bucks so half the price of the Garmin product, comparable membership fees. The one issue I take with it is that when you do purchase a membership, you have to buy three months. At the end of your three months, you can suspend or cancel, but you have to buy in three-month blocks. It's like 50 bucks a month. But for the peace of mind that it offered me... And so if like, you suspend at the end of three months... It just suspends. It just holds. Okay. But when you buy, you buy three months. And you renew it three months. If you don't suspend, yeah. 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 So it's it, it they only sell it in quarter blocks. Yep. But I was so pleased with this. It immediately like the the user interface was intuitive. I pulled it out of the box. I pulled the little pull this when you buy it thing out of the battery pack to let the batteries hook up. And I had it up and running in seven minutes. It generates a new phone number for you. So each they have tiers of membership that allow different um, amounts of messaging, right? You get all the same functionalities, but different amounts of messaging. So I got the middle tier so that I could like text while I was out of cell phone service. But it all comes through your phone. If you use the app, 
it's all running through the app with people who have app connected. So if they also download the app, just app to app messaging, like any other app to app messenger WhatsApp services, or WhatsApp, or WhatsApp or take your pick. If you're messaging somebody who doesn't have the app, it generates a phone number for you. It's my phone number now through Zolio. And it hits their text message inbox. Just SMS. Yep. Just, just SMS text messaging. Nice. It was. But now you're a green bubble. Yep. Yeah. Now I'm a green bubble, which is okay. <laughs> given that I'm out of cell phone service. Yeah. The one problem I had with it, because it uses Bluetooth and app connectivity, I couldn't run it in airplane mode. Ah. Which is a battery drain because I, I use airplane mode because I use my phone as a mapping platform. So Ooh. I needed to carry a charger, which I do. What anyway. is the battery on the device itself like? Uh, so it's got hard batteries. I think that you can change, but oh, so the you can't. It's a rechargeable battery that varies based on the settings that you set on it. So you can have like a bread, you, you have like breadcrumbs. So you can, you can change your message retrieval, your location updates to certain time intervals to same ba- save battery. I think without a recharge at the power saving, it's like 40 hours of battery life. Okay. So it's comparable to a, to a phone in the field. Yeah. So you basically doubled the amount of recharge you need to you need to carry on your body. And I but I carry two external chargers. Like 20,000 miles or something. Yeah, cuz I use yeah. my phone to that's my map, my GPS and that's what I use for it. And I carry a, a battery powered Garmin, but that's what I get all my mapping through is my phone. Yeah. It was money. So if you're a type of person who spends time in the wilderness and has any kind of reservations about like, well, I said I was going to be here, but I really want to be here instead. This is, this is, this should throw its hat in the game when you're looking at these kind of satellite communicators. Yeah. If you're backpacking or whatever. Backpacking or if you're fishing or hunting or hiking or any number of things where you're out of cell phone service for any period of time. Yeah. And you feel limited by like, well, I said I was going to be here. Now you can update. Yeah, hey, there's, there's been a few times where I've been out in the wilderness and I've had to like plot a map and say, I think I'm going to be, you know, roughly here to here on this day and then here to mm-hmm. here on this day. Yeah, no, that's 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 huge. And I, I do it frequently. I mean, and, yeah. and obviously if you're just in need of SOS type of stuff, they're they're cheaper. Well, nine one one works with or without cell phone service. Yeah. And well, nine one one works with or without cell phone yeah. service, and there there are now very very cheap sort of SOS transponders. Yeah. transponders. <clears throat> Here's the nice part about the SOS functionality on this, and I, and I don't know if it's the same on the inReach. Uh, when you trigger your SOS, it goes to their dispatch center, to Zolio's twenty four hour staffed dispatch center, and they open a text line of communication with you to get the details from you. So if they don't get the details from you, they're like, oh, well, they're at least, we know they're here. But if your SOS is like, hey, I've fallen into this ravine. I'm pretty badly hurt. This is where I am. Here's the best way to reach me. 
because that expedites any kind of search and rescue response. Right. Like you can't come from the way I came from because you'll fall. It, it, but that you get an immediate response and interaction with that peace of mind of, okay, my SOS has been received. So you, you actually, if I do hit my SOS button, you'll get a text. Nice. So you and Sam, they require two SOS contacts. And I'm one of them. You're one of them. That's smart. Yeah. And it's not like you're going to come get me, but you know, it'd be, it's good for you to know, like, Hey, you're going to have to get the kids tonight. <laughs> good. Good. No, that sounds cool, man. Yeah. And 200 bucks. So, and then you know, like, I want to say I paid for the mid grade thing with also breadcrumb tracking. So Sam could log into the app and see actively where I was without me pushing my location out, um, which was an extra six bucks. And so it's like, I want to say 50 bucks a month ish, maybe less. But not a not a price that I was like prohibitive or in even even hesitant to spend. That sounds like a cool. That sounds like a cool toy. I, I mean, it, it, it is, is cheaper than the Garmin. It, it is more than a toy. Uh, it, it's an incredibly uh, practical. Uh, it's an incredibly practical thing. But also for people like us that like to have cool toys, it's a pretty freaking dope toy. Yeah. It was really cool being able to text 12 miles from the nearest paved road. In the interest of maintaining our uh, Segway prowess today, Andrew, uh, how often do you think you're going to use this thing? This? Yeah. I mean, just just how often? How, how often? How much? I will have it with me every time I leave the house with a backpack. Okay. Which is like every fishing trip, every hunting trip, every backpacking trip. So I'd, let's say let's say conservatively, ten to fifteen times a year. I'd say thirty. Okay. And and you know September I typically leave for two two and a half weeks. So what if I offered you another thing that you could use every single day, two to three times a day? I already use Charmin Ultra Strong, so you're not going to sell me on a different <laughs> brand. I'm just trying to build some hype for my incredibly <laughs> boring other thing after your incredibly cool other thing. So I, about three months ago, purchased a new toothbrush. I've never... You brush your teeth three times a day? Two or three, I would say, yeah. You brush your teeth at work? Yeah. Oh. Huh. Yeah, I do. Am I the asshole? Perhaps. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I brush in the morning, I brush at night, and I usually brush sometime midday. Hmm. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm brushing too much. Maybe I'm the asshole here. <laughs> I bought a new toothbrush, and it's one of these. So I've never been one to go in for the um, annual cleaning, the vibrating hmm. toothbrush. That's just not a thing that that I'm into. I think that probably they're great, and I know people love them. Um, I've tried them in the past and it's just like, eh, it's kind of like a lot and you got to charge it and you know, and then you got batteries and anyway, I'm just not, not into it. I'm, I like a manual toothbrush. I like a, a manual toothbrush. All Me right. Too. I'm a simple man. I, I, I like manual toothbrush. Too. I'm a simple man. I don't like the contours either. I just want a flat toothbrush. Just give me a fucking toothbrush. <laughs> so I bought an oral B click and this is one of these new toothbrushes that there's a couple brands that make these, but I went with the Oral-B. Um, and, and essentially what it is, is a premium material handle that has just a small 
attachment, a small insert, if you will, on the top of it, which is the business end of the toothbrush. <laughs> right? And so, and so <laughs> this is such a silly thing, right? Um, essentially what it is is you, every three months, replace the business end, but you still have the toothbrush itself. Um, I, I thought, you know, oh, I, I was at Target and I was getting a toothbrush and uh, fuck it, I'll buy this. Uh, and I love it. I love it. It, it. It's it's premium materials. If It's a slightly heavier toothbrush. So it feels like more of a tool and implement versus just a plastic stick. Um, the toothbrush itself is whatever. It, it's fine, right? Uh, but the whole thing just winds up being an incredibly user-friendly experience and... You use 60% less plastic. That's from their Mm -hmm. marketing materials. I don't know the truth of that. And there's also a program where you can recycle the heads. So when you get new heads. Who's getting the old ones? (laughs) You don't don't ask those questions, Andrew. (laughs) I think they're actually breaking them down and and making new watch heads from them. But I don't want that. This is surprisingly amazing. Uh, I found myself, I didn't buy this thinking I'm going to buy a toothbrush and be enamored by my toothbrush, but I really have been. Uh, Does it come with a little magnetic sticky? That's what the video makes it look like, like a magnetic spot to click onto your wall. Oh, I don't know if that has that or not. I I just keep the toothbrush in the shower by and large. So, well, this, the, the video shows a little magnetic spot that looks like it has an adhesive back that it sticks to because these all look to be metal bodied. That they, it is metal body, uh, and it, if that is the case, yeah, it does look like that's the case. I don't have that functionality. You already threw away the box presently. <laughs> um, well, you didn't think the box was too heavy? <laughs> like, oh, well, it's nice packaging. I just have the toothbrush. Uh, anyway, this is such a silly thing, but I bought it and it was just instantly like uh, uh, taken aback by how great this was. It's just a manual toothbrush. It doesn't vibrate. It doesn't shoot lasers or or do any sort of extra whitening stuff. It's just a toothbrush. But when you're ready to get a new toothbrush, instead of tossing the whole thing in the bin, you theoretically send your old heads back, get new heads, plug them in, and you're still using your your same old premium material toothbrush. Kind of silly. I'm I'm down with it. Actually, I think people will make fun of me, and if you do, uh, a you're welcome, and b you're very reasonable. Uh, but I dig this thing, man. I'm I'm down with a and sixty percent less plastic. Even if that's an inflated number, it's still great. It I mean, ob- objectively, just looking at the composition of the toothbrush, sixty percent of it is that metal handle. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So just just in that. There's less plastic. It feels it feels more. You know, some people like like cheap disposable razors, and then some people like you know like their Mach three with the metal handle, and some people like me want like a safety razor that you just replace the little metal bits because then you've got like a premium tool that you're. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is quite to that level, uh, but it feels like we're headed kind of in that in direction. I mean, the razor that I use was was. Per, was like per, produced for sale in, in, in the 60s. Yeah, same. 
Same. Yeah, I've got an old 60s Gillette yep. safety razor that I think is fantastic. Yeah. Tons of shark blades have gone through that. Yeah. I, I've been using, I was using feathers for Japanese feathers for I've a while. I've got a lot of feathers that I didn't like. I've been using the Gillette Silver Blues as of Ooh, late. I, I have some of those. I have the, the greens. I think the silver blues are really nice. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice in between between like a feather, like the super sharpness of a feather, and you know something a little bit more sort of stable. I need I need a little bit more stability because I have an open comb. Yeah. Uh, so with the the less stable feather, I got weird nicks because they yeah. would flex around the comb, and it's so sharp that yeah. you're just tearing your face just, up, just like like tiger claws. Gillette Silver Blues. I, I I'd recommend them. I like the uh, sharks, but and that's like a that's like a bonus other thing. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Oh, you know that guy that the that that I got our shaving brushes from. Yeah, he had a heart attack a couple years ago. Yeah, and he uh, stopped producing. He sold out his inventory because his cardiologist said he couldn't work around the electromagnetic field of a lathe anymore. Womp womp. The I you you did tell me this. The the lacquer on mine is all peeling. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you could relacquer it. I mean, you're a grown up. <laughs> Andrew, I think we've done it. We've done it, as always. Do you have anything else you want to add before we go? Because, you know, I'm ready for it tonight. I'm, I'm ready for it. Hey, you guys, thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20 of the Watch Clicker podcast. Why don't you check us out on our website, watchclicker.com? Also, you can check out our YouTube or you could check out. YouTube at Watch Clicker, or you could check us our check out our Instagram at Watch Clicker at Forty and Twenty. That's where we have all the updates for the for the website and the podcast. That's how you you can kind of connect with us. If you don't connect here every week, uh, if you'd like to support us, and oh boy, we hope you do, you can do that at patreoncom slash Twenty. Look, guys, that's how we keep this thing going. Weekly hosting, hardware, software, it all costs a little bit of money. And so every little bit, your dollar, your $2, your $5 goes a long way to keeping this thing rolling. And other than that, don't forget to check us out next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.